Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Pastor Keith Harrison. Pastor Harrison is a member of the adjunct faculty at Providence Baptist College and has been so for many, many years, pastoring the Grace Baptist Church in Lockport, Illinois. And he's back with us again, talking a little bit about how to start a New Testament church. Thanks for joining us, Pastor Harrison. It's good to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, last time you were with us, we were talking about preparing uh, spiritually, mentally and economically, what a, a man would need to do to prepare to uh, start a brand new church in an area. And we're going to continue on with the theme of preparation. Um, you've got a lot of good information that you tend to give our students when you teach on this topic about preparing personally uh, for uh, pastoring a church and starting a church. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, there's a lot of spiritual conditioning that a person needs to do, a lot of character conditioning. Uh, that a person needs to do. And I, I imagine there's a broad range of things that you could tell us, but I'll just leave it at that and let you go from here. What does a person need to do and consider as they prepare personally to start a church? Well, um, you know, to, to start off, it's important to, to understand, and I know we've all heard this phrase before, but preparation is the key to success. Mm -hmm. If you're prepared properly, that's half the battle. You know, if you go into something, anything in life, and you're not prepared, you haven't prepared yourself and, and everything else that needs to be prepared for whatever task it is, uh, you know, and, and things that, that God's called you to do, then you're going to be behind the eight ball. You know, it's going to be difficult. So preparation's key. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about that last time. We talked about being prepared uh, spiritually, which is the most important preparation yes, sir. Yeah. to be prepared spiritually. We talked about being prepared mentally, having the right mindset and right attitude. And then economically, which is basically what we would call uh, deputation or raising support. Uh, a lot of the same principles that I teach in starting a New Testament church are principles that I teach in uh, my missions courses. Okay. Uh, when it comes to, because basically starting a church uh, anywhere in the world, whether it be in the United States or the mission field, uh, obviously has a lot of the same similar, uh, you know, methods and uh, principles. So, you know, uh, so a lot of the principles, it doesn't matter where you start a church, you're going to use uh, biblical principles and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, some of the same uh, ideas. So, uh, preparation when it comes to, you know, raising support applies, I think, to both. We talked about the importance of, uh, at least I think, that a church planner in the States, even here in the mm -hmm. States, ought to raise as much support as possible uh, so that they can focus their attention on starting a church without having to spend hours and hours during the week uh, working a, a secular job, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not against, uh, uh, you know, uh, bivocational, um, you know, uh, situations. But if you can, um, you know, put a lot of time into the ministry, especially at the beginning, that's going to be a tremendous help. So we talked about that. And uh, another thing that needs to be mentioned uh, is the uh, is preparation uh, when it comes to... Um, uh, you know what the Bible says, you know, uh, in First Timothy chapter three in the book of Titus, uh, the Apostle Paul gives Timothy, who I believe pastored, mm -hmm. 
uh, some uh, tremendous um, principles uh, and requirements. Yes, sir. I think that a church planner needs to meet the requirements that the Bible, you know, gives us, you know, blameless and, and uh, you know, apt to teach and, and uh, given to hospitality and uh, keeper, you know, uh, uh, taking care of his home, mm -hmm. you know, being the head of the home. And, and uh, so all of these requirements that we see in the book of, of Timothy, 1 Timothy 3, the book of Titus, uh, every church planner ought to go over those requirements in those passages mm -hmm. and just make sure that, that he is fulfilling those requirements. And because I think that whether he's a missionary or pastoring here in the States, I think those are requirements uh, wherever he may pastor. Yes, sir. That he needs to uh, fulfill. Well, yeah, you read that list of qualifications and it's an easy list to read. It's a harder list to live. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've experienced, uh, you talked about, you know, the similarities of missions work starting a, a church on a foreign mission field versus the United States, and you've done both, um, and you've seen these principles at play uh, and how important they are for mm -hmm. a, a preacher, a pastor of a church. Uh, could you give us a little bit of, you know, some example of uh, the ability of, that is of someone who's apt to teach? How is that beneficial given to hospitality? Where, how does that come into play? as you begin to start a church, um, obviously, you know, you've got to go out of your way to do those things. Uh, how does that play out in uh, Well, I think the most important requirement is blameless, which is the first one mentioned. Yes, sir. And uh, being, you know, because of the fact that, uh, uh, you know, you've got a testimony, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pastors are looked up to and, and, and pastor is a leader. Uh, a pastor uh, needs to set the example so what does blameless mean? Well, uh, the word blameless doesn't mean perfect mm -hmm. because none of us are perfect. We're not sinless. Mm -hmm. uh, the word blameless means uh, simply without accusation. That's what the word blameless means, without accusation. Now, none of us are perfect. None of us are sinless, but we can be without accusation. Other than if someone wants to point to us and say, well, that, that guy there is not perfect. Well, guilty is charged. Sure. You know, we, you know, we, we, none of us are. Uh, but if um, someone can point to a pastor and say, you know, he is an adulterer or he is a liar, you know, habitual liar, mm -hmm. or he is a swindler or a thief, uh, you know, or a defrauder or any of these things, you know, those are major accusations. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are lifestyle accusations. You know, when, when you say that someone is a liar, it's, it means that that's what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's habitual. Or they're an adulterer. I realize that a person could commit adultery once and still be adulterer. But yet, these are, these are major accusations. And I think that a pastor needs to be blameless, uh, needs to have the testimony and reputation and example mm -hmm. to where no one can point and say, you know, that that man is, you know, this or that, which would, I believe, disqualify from being a pastor. So there is a high standard there, but we can all be blameless. We, mm -hmm. we can all live a life. It doesn't mean that if, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you know, uh, uh, someone committed a certain sin, but yet they've gotten right, they've repented, you know, they've gotten forgiveness and uh, that they can't uh, be blameless. Sure. 
you know, I think being blameless is present tense mm -hmm. and hopefully future as well. Yes, sir. That we stay blameless, we stay without accusation and pure in our way of living. And then you got husband and one wife, and, you know, that's important. I think that a pastor uh, should be obviously uh, faithfully married to one woman mm -hmm. and legally married. And that uh, I believe that that verse also refers to not having been divorced and remarried. Mm -hmm. I believe that's husband to one wife uh, in the in the legal sense. And uh, obviously that wouldn't apply to if a spouse dies sure. and then you are uh, free to remarry. But I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. And, and uh, you know, given the hospitality and and the openness that a pastor needs to have, uh, you know, the, 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 the gentleness, the friendliness, the, uh, you know, apt to teach. Uh, I think it's a given that preachers preach. Mm -hmm. I think it's a given that a pastor preaches. I think a pastor ought to be a preacher, obviously. Uh, but, uh, but apt to teach, I think, refers to the fact that we need to teach people doctrine. We need to have the ability to teach what people need to learn and know. It's one thing to get up and preach, and you can. I think that that teaching and preaching go together. They do. I think yeah. they're different. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks about how Jesus went about preaching and teaching, so there is a separation yes, there. But I, I believe also there's a mix. There can be a mix. I uh, most of the time when I when I get behind the pulpit. As a pastor, I do both. I preach and I teach something. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm teaching as well as preaching. I'm proclaiming, mm -hmm. but I'm also teaching important truths and principles. And sometimes it's pretty teachy all the way through, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe a, a Bible study or sure. a Sunday school lesson or a Wednesday night and, and uh, you know, here at Providence. Uh, and then sometimes I'm just pretty much preachy all the way through, mm -hmm. you know. But all these requirements uh, are important for the preparation of anyone that wants to start a church. And we find these in First Timothy 3, the book of Titus. And so those are all things to consider. I, a lot of these things are not just things you do. It's things you are. Like you said, this is a lifestyle. This is uh, not just something that can be... Uh, turned on and turned off at will. This is a characteristic. This, these are character traits. But they that need you're to be a part about. of you. Yes, sir. They become a part of your life, mm -hmm. part of your ministry. They need to be practiced. Mm -hmm. They need to be practiced. Uh, uh, you know, with with our hearts and uh, and and practiced uh, uh, because they're right to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, th th there is a, st uh, a high bar a high standard for pastors. And I put church planters in the category of pastor because mm -hmm. when you start a church and with the intention of pastoring those people, even if it's for a temporary uh, amount of time, sure. uh, you're still pastoring. Mm -hmm. And um, another important area is the uh, support from your home church and your home church pastor. Okay. Um, that's very important. I think that when a, um, when a man says, I believe God's called me to, to start a church, whether it's in the States or on the mission field, 
he needs to have the support of his pastor in his home church. First of all, he needs to be a member of a local New Testament church. Uh, and uh, that we went over when we talked about yes, some of the spiritual requirements and preparation. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he needs to, um, you know, I believe that, uh, that uh, you need to be a member of a, of a biblical church in order to start a, another church. I believe that churches are birthed from churches. And so there comes uh, uh, the, so therefore you have the supporting pastor. I think that one statement you made was the key. Churches start churches. A individual doesn't start a church. You've got to have the support I agree. of I a agree. local I church. I believe that, that God has instituted the local church to start churches, mm -hmm. to send missionaries to start churches, even though you could say, well, a missionary as an individual may go to a certain country and start a church, but that missionary has been sent out. Mm -hmm. He's sent out by his local church. He's under the authority of his local church, the authority of his local church pastor. So he's been sanctioned. He's been commissioned. He's been ordained to uh, take the authority uh, first, the, the foremost authority is from the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course. But he's given the church authority. It's, it, the Great Commission is through the church. It's not by individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the Great Commission was not left to Bible colleges, though we teach the Great Commission in Bible colleges. Mm -hmm. The Great Commission was not uh, given to go through organizations and even mission boards. Mm -hmm. The Great Commission was given to the local church. It's the local church is the agency which propagates and, and puts the Great Commission into, into practice. And so uh, it's important that a church planner has the support of their pastor, support of the, the church that they're coming out of. And uh, so I wanted to mention that because... That's, that's important to have the backing. Being under a local church uh, gives some level of accountability. You know, you talked about you're you know, your under a pastoral. To be under someone is to be accountable to someone where you've, uh, where you've got to give an answer for what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I Absolutely. think everybody needs to be accountable to someone out there. Absolutely. And which is why uh, we all prefer any kind of ministry mm -hmm. being under the guise of a local church. Mm -hmm. And I know there are parachurch organizations, whether, whether they be camps or, or schools or what have you, or mission boards, and I'm not condemning that. I'm not saying that they cannot be used, and, uh, but this, the, the authority of a local church is, uh, is, is, a, is a great thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you do have that weight of, of, you know, your local church authority sending you out. And there's accountability there. Yes, sir. Because you're accountable. I think that church planner is accountable, he's accountable to his pastor until his church is organized. Mm -hmm. And then when his church is organized, and I'm assuming we'll talk about that some, sometime down the road. Yes, sir. When the church is officially organized then that church becomes an independent, you know, local church mm -hmm. under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And uh, but it is a reproduction. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's not, you don't you don't want somebody going off rogue and doing their own thing. You got to be under that authority. And um, but also it gives some credibility to someone starting a church. You talked about you know going through a deputation process and how mm -hmm. you recommend that uh, if you have your local church's backing. Well, that kind of lends a little weight to what you're saying and what you're proposing to do and you know soliciting um, you know you know support from other churches I think it lends weight uh, in the deputation process yes sir obviously when someone is is raising support and they're going to other churches mm -hmm. for financial help and prayer support uh, these other churches and pastors knowing what local church they've come out of mm -hmm. and Possibly knowing their pastor, it uh, it, it gives accountability, and uh, as a pastor, when because we support not only missionaries to go to foreign countries, but we support um, men that are starting churches here in the states, mm -hmm. and uh, we want to know what church are they coming out of. You know what is the you know where is you know who is their local church pastor? What is their authority? You know. Their accountability, so that's important to the to the pastors that are wanting to support, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's important also to the people that you're going to reach. Okay. Let's say yeah. I'm going to start a church in uh, you know wherever, and um, and so I'm reaching into the community, and I'm letting the community know we're going to start a brand new church here. Mm -hmm. And they, they're going to want to know, well, where'd you come from? You know, what's your background? You know, are, you know, you know I mean, some may, some may not ask these questions, but some may. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, I came, you know, my, my local church, my, my home church, sending churches, such and such, or I went to such and such a, a Bible college and, or institute and, and was trained in this way because people want to know, you know, were you trained? Were you, did you go to school for this? Did you, you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, we can talk about exceptions and how, you know, some people have not been uh, trained in, in a formal Bible college or that type of thing. Sure. But how many people would go to a doctor or a lawyer that never had any training? Mm -hmm. You know, is there, okay, you, you're a doctor, right? Now, where, you know, where were you trained? Did you get training? And, and I think, and, and, you know, people need to understand that the ministry is the most important, I use this word lightly, business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's God's business. Yes, yeah. You know, ministry is ministry. I know this is not about, you know, money and, and, and that type of thing. But, but people need to know that, you know, we're properly trained. We have authority. We have accountability. You know, we're not just out of, out of nothing, mm -hmm. out of the blue. And so there's a credibility there. You know, when I started, uh, you know, churches, I would say, well, you know, this is where I come from. I was trained here, you know, and so forth. So, Well, that's great philosophy because not every, you know, ministry has that viewpoint about, you know, the importance of the local New Testament church and having uh, the, the authority of that local New Testament church starting other churches. And that was really good for us. And I understand that the Bible is our authority, obviously. Yes, that's, that's our authority for faith and practice. And, all we need is the Word of God, and if God is called, He has given us His His authority, and mm -hmm. and uh, uh, but He also uses these methods in training and preparation, and um, 
So I think that, uh, you know, we, we ought to be as trained as possible. Uh, I think it can be overdone, too. I mean, someone doesn't have to have five different uh, degrees to start a church. Or, yeah. You know, he has to have, you know, a bachelor of science. He has to have his master's and his, his uh, doctorate earned and all of that. Um, uh, I don't think, uh, I mean, if, if he does, great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there needs to be enough training and enough preparation so that when he goes out and starts a church, he's not going to fall on his face. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, Pastor Harrison, and we'll continue the conversation as we progress and get into some more details, even maybe some nitty-gritty uh, type of uh, details as well about starting New Testament churches, and I hope this will be a blessing to many people out there. So uh, check us out on YouTube uh, for our other episodes, and make sure you subscribe and you like uh, this video. And also check out the audio-only version of the uh, podcast as well. God bless you. Have a good day.